0: You're listening to the Oz TV podcast, only on the Oz Network. It is the Oz Network coming to you once again for a television episode, another episode of our favouritest show in the entire world. Third watch. As we continue our exclusive recap I'm going to call it an exclusive one Because again, we are the only show that has ever done this In the history of podcasting Season 1, episode 3 The episode is entitled Patterns And this first aired way back on the 10th of October 1999 My mum's birthday There you go um, So it's been quite some time Between uh, it airing and us podcasting about it But before we get into the nitty gritty of this episode Let me first say Say, that would be the correct word for me to use ben uh my name is ben and older women make me wet
1: and we're back at it again this is brandy and i am excited to podcast podcast this with ben
0: i look i'm excited to have you here brandy i mean you you survived two episodes you're back for the third i didn't completely scare you off podcasting then by the looks of things
1: (laughs) no no (laughs) no it's, it's fun it's i'm excited to get back into this and Go at it
0: again Indeed, indeed And just before we get into this episode Just a bit of news I I just want to kind of put out there In terms of uh, at least our first episode That we we put up for people to enjoy Uh, We had a bit of feedback actually Uh, We had two actors who were in this show sort of reply to us uh which again is just amazing michael beach of course played doc um he mentioned that he listened to part of the episode and said that we're doing great things to keep it up and so did skip started uh, he mentioned uh, great things and said keep going for it so to skip to michael Thank you for listening. Uh, we'll try and get you on the show uh, to chat about your time on Third Watch. But, Brandy, that just makes me excited, the fact that these guys, at least, you know, I mean, we sort of did tag them in it, but still they went out of their way to at least reply to us and yes. say something about the show.
1: <laughs> you sent me – that when you sent me the screenshot – It was like 5 a.m. my time, and I was like, what? Yes. I was so happy. I was like, I didn't go back to bed for like 30 minutes, but (laughs) because I was like, oh, my goodness, they listened to us. Like, that's awesome.
0: You're you're buzzing. You're buzzing. I got nervous. You got nervous.
1: And I, and I was like, they heard my voice. Oh, goodness. I hope, I, I hope that this was good.
0: Well, it's not like they said, this was shit, you're blocked. Uh, so
1: <laughs> Get that female off the podcast. She ruins it for everyone.
0: Yeah. It was kind of, you know, it was on the other side of that. So, uh, yeah, to Skip, to Michael, anybody else who may be listening. And, again, to, to all our, we shouldn't just say the, the actors from the show, everybody who's tuned into the first ones we got some very decent listener numbers for the episode and uh, look i'll be completely honest with you i wasn't expecting maybe as many as we got because again this is a show that i guess has never really been hugely mainstream it's kind of very niche show and the fact that you know we we managed to get the amount of listeners that we did i I was very happy so i hope that we can maintain that as we uh keep moving forward with our our rewatch here so um exciting times brandy we're uh, we're we're trying to get that vibe out there for people to finally notice third watch uh, a measly 12 years after it ended
1: <laughs> we are making history we are let's do it we
0: are this is we are. that's a good way of putting it the history making podcast but uh this is the third episode of the show uh, as i said it's entitled patterns and um we get we get started straight away uh into some interesting things. We uh, have our dear friend Sully, Skip Sutter, fan of the show. Hello, Skip. Um, Driving along, just having a casual (laughs) drive uh, through New York City. Has a couple of uh, older ladies waving at him, and um, he pulls over to see a sign on the side of his car that says Older women make me wet. Bosco. Uh, To which we then get a little (laughs) cut to Jimmy. He's playing pool. He said he did it. Uh, Signed, Bosco. Um... And then we sort of get this whole sequence from here on to the credits, where it turns into a, a, a pretty serious car chase. We've got a carjacking. There's a victim in the boot, and then we get this rescue scene of everybody diving in to uh, to rescue it. Now, before we get to that, I just want to touch on the, the old women make me. we have got to keep them separate. We've got funny bit followed by a serious bit. Now, look, I, I've never been one to play pranks on people like this. But surely, Brandy, if somebody's put something on your car like that and put the, you know, like if I'm going to play a prank on you, am I really going to sign my name? I mean, do you not think that Sally could be a little bit? He's a police officer here. Surely, he's not thinking Bosco's that dumb to actually put that on his car.
1: Oh man. But at the same time, I think Bosco is that kind of person to do it. <laughs> because <laughs> he he's, kind of, he's kind of bold like that. Like, Bosco. Yes, I said it. Yes, I did it. But <laughs> So I can see it both ways.
0: That's a good point. <laughs> I actually. love it. Didn't think about that.
1: But <laughs> I, it's it's a, such a fun thing. Because, like, I mean, this is a thing
0: that... I'm really getting from these early episodes particularly, and this is a kind of, I think, going back to what we were talking about uh, an episode or two ago about how the show significantly changes at some point to an extent, but a lot of these early episodes, and I would probably say maybe the at least the first two seasons, maybe leading into the third season, there's a real level of humour about Third Watch that you kind of, you forget about, and... And this always, I think this goes back to the character nature of this show, how it's so driven by its characters. And we get a lot of this in this opening sequence, because we get this sort of humorous scene. We get the, you know, the cut to Jimmy talking about how he did it. Then we even get the cut in the car of Davis and Sally talking about it. And it's kind of, I don't know, there's just this subtle humor to this show that I don't think really has ever been talked about.
1: No, it hasn't been. I mean, you know what I like about this show also is that you don't see much of the story same humor on newer shows because the world has become a lot more different, more sensitive, certain topics. And so like to go back and watch the show, there's so much more humor. You can see that you won't see nowadays. Well, that's true. You know, certain things that Bosco says, it's just hilarious, but (laughs) you won't see that, you know? And And so I agree. Like, go ahead. Oh,
0: I was just going to say, it's true. I mean, we'll get to that particularly in the next episode. I mean, there's, there's certain things, the way they go about it. And you're absolutely right. Like in, I guess today's world, you wouldn't even get away with it kind of loosely joking about it. No. And, you know, the next episode, we oh, sort of get a lot of, you know, like homophobic references and that sort of stuff, which mm-hmm. is, is just passed off so blase. Whereas in 2017, to date this episode, you know, you wouldn't get away with that. Now they quit.
1: They will actually shelve an episode. Yeah. If I think it's okay. Yeah. You know, so to go back, it's cool to go back and see the difference of then and how it is now, which is why this cop show is just awesome. Like, it's not, it's just it's just awesome with the sense of humour. I like that you touched on that.
0: Well, even, even kind of just the sign, older women make me wet. Now, the thing that I also find humorous about this whole thing, it's like, would, you, would like, ladies really see a sign like that and be like, hey, how you doing? Like, I don't know, Brandy, like, if you're driving down the street and you see a sign, like, that says, like, Women called Brandy make me wet. Are you really going to be oh like, God. "Hey, how you doing?" Are you going to be like, "Oh, dude, that guy's a
1: creep"? No, I would. No, I would actually just no. I would keep on going. Yeah, like, <laughs> that's what I would assume. I would keep on, oh my goodness. No, but I, you know, I, it does like Bosco. I mean, it this. I really thought it was Bosco before that. Jimmy scene I really thought that was Bosco because it seems like something he would do but you it's, know it's an interesting
0: him and yeah at it. I mean I agree it, it, when it sets up this great kind of little Bosco v Sully sort of rivalry which then of course next episode we get Bosco Jimmy rivalry but it's kind of interesting like what they do with Jimmy because I mean we're kind of in our first two episodes we haven't really talked a whole lot of Jimmy and at least in these next couple of episodes Jimmy I guess finally starts to get a little bit more into it and I mean it's, it's kind of a weird thing isn't it that like Jimmy set this whole thing up And then I mean we never We never kind of get closure At the end of this episode Like Jimmy I guess Like they know it's Jimmy When ultimately Bosco and Sully Confront each other And then they oh, Straight away Bosco's like Oh it's clearly Doherty You know it's kind of like And this is kind of Playing back into the Character nature of it All these actors uh, all the, Sorry all these characters Have to intertwine each other In their everyday lives And clearly this is just Something that they You know it comes to it But then I think it crosses Well with this scene When we've got this rescue It's kind of You know, they're so jovial and jokey with each other. Yet, but when push comes to shove, which obviously we see before the credits here, they all have to do their jobs and, you know, be serious and save people's lives as opposed to putting signs that older women make each other wet on each other's vehicles.
1: (laughs) Exactly. You know, I thought that was interesting too. Like, when did Jimmy mess with Solly? Because that was brand new. That was like out of nowhere. And that's why I thought it was Bosco. And then they, it was Jimmy, and I'm like, wait, when did he, like, come into the picture of messing with the the police officers like that? So that was cool, though. I mean, it was cool to see how he was introduced in a way.
0: Yeah, and I, I like that. I mean, this is kind of the thing going back to what we're talking about, Jimmy. It's kind of... And yeah. this, this is what I think we get lost with Jimmy eventually. Like, Jimmy obviously as a character kind of you know fades into the background a little bit and when we ultimately get anything of jimmy in our later seasons it kind of comes down to his you know he's what he's lacking in being a father and kind of you know his ability to maintain a relationship because he's got those womanizing ways but we lose that subtle humor of jimmy over these episodes which i like i like playful jimmy like playful jimmy's fun and you know, we, I, I, I really wish they had a develop, I think I mentioned this in an earlier episode, the Bosco Jimmy rivalry, which is kind of, it's touched on a few times, but it gets forgotten about. And, like, we get it in the first season a little bit, and then I know in the second ep- season when I was talking about that episode, After Hours, which to me is the best episode of Third Watch, you know, we kind of get a bit of Bosco Jimmy rivalry when, like, Bosco, sort of, spoiler alert, sort of hooks up with Kim for five seconds um but it's it's kind of it's just yeah it's, it's 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 something that i wish they had really explored more because you know you, you you could imagine that the firefighters and the cops have this rivalry as we see a lot in some of these earlier episodes and again it just gets forgotten about i feel
1: it does i mean I'm not going to lie. Jimmy was annoying to me at first. He was very annoying. I couldn't stand his character. I don't know. Maybe I was just rooting for Bobby the whole time. Maybe that's why. you like the nice guy.
0: You don't, you know.
1: (laughs) Bobby was such a a sweetheart. And then I feel so bad. I wish he had more of a character story. I really wish that they gave him more than just him and jimmy you know
0: completely agree and that's uh, like i i mean i i'm similar to you jimmy was kind of one that i never really cared for too much when i first would watch this and you know it's if i had to say at one point like i remember when Mum and i used to watch this when i was younger we used to always talk about like who's your favorite character who do you like who don't you like and i remember we both kind of said like uh, you know jimmy's kind of there like the firefighter storylines never really i didn't really care for you know you get to a firefighter episode and i'm just like oh here we go it's a firefighter episode but i guess kind of over the years i've you know changed my tune slightly on it so um yeah, I mean Jimmy. Jimmy's definitely one that I, I think we're we're finding that a lot in this rewatch so far that we're kind of singling out these characters, giving them sort of you know what they they are over the time. And I think as we said, Jimmy's kind of one that he's a character that I definitely feel gets a full circle closure by the time he leaves this show. Um, whereas a lot of characters don't necessarily have that, and particularly ending on a positive note. And you would have to say, not really being a spoiler so much when I say this, but Jimmy's character arc definitely does end on a a positive note
1: that is true that is true you know I mean I do love that he, he I mean he said he acted out Jimmy Eddie he did so great with his character Jimmy you know I mean I guess that's that's what makes these characters awesome because like they're like real life people in a way you know and Jimmy is that kind of annoying dude that you meet sometimes you know I, I guess that's why he's because he like represents the people in my life that I had met over time some of the guys I met and I found him so annoying. That's probably why. But I guess from my perspective but-
0: too, it's kind of that, that nature of like, I guess as a guy, part of you always wants to be like a Jimmy, you know, you're attractive, you're the Thario, you're, you're always getting with the women and all this kind of stuff. Like, There's that part of you that like exists as a guy and then I kind of look at myself and realise what I'm like. I'm like, look, Ben, you can never be Jimmy. But so, you know, fuck you for being an asshole. <laughs> but like, it's kind of... <laughs> I guess it's okay. that, in that inner jealousy. It's like, screw you, Eddie Cibrian, for being so good-looking that you got hired purely for the fact that you were hot. I don't-
1: oh, my goodness.
0: I mean, what a hard life it must be for somebody to get hired for your looks. I mean, God. I mean, it happens to you and I all the time, Brady. I mean, clearly you and I were only hired for this podcast because we're attractive. You know? Exactly. Anyway, we'll, we'll talk up Eddie and Jimmy and all that sort of stuff. Meanwhile, as I said, we, we kind of have this rescue scene. I mean, it's... um this obviously sets up later on we get a carjacker he jumps out runs away davis kind of oh should i chase after him but they in the water they rescue uh the mother and and the child but sadly the the dad who's in the trunk uh ultimately dies i mean again as i said it kind of crosses really quickly from humor to serious um and then i kind of like post credits how we um we get the news footage and we kind of get a different (laughs) we're talking about jimmy a lot here um but he's complaining that he's not on the news. <laughs> it's like, oh, come on, they've got, you know, Zoom cameras. Why are they showing them? And they're all, like, booing Sully and Davis. <laughs> just, I just randomly like that bit. But the one bit kind of it cuts there. I mean, by all means, when, uh, feel free in a second to backtrack if you want to mention anything about the, uh, the rescue. But we get, um, I love the scene where I'm Bosco see- gets in the car. <laughs> And turns yes. it on, and there's a note, and he's like, Oh, idiot can't even spell flower correctly. Guy's going mental. <laughs> His flower goes everywhere. And the best bit of this whole scene is just the look on Bosco's face and Yokos's laugh.
1: Yes, right there. I love it because it was like a pause. Yes. And he turns to her, and she just cracks up. Her laugh <laughs> is so that. cute. Her laugh is like,
0: <laughs> I can't even, it sounds like a witch,
1: but like, like it's great. I feel like it was- I felt like it was real though, like, it really, like, like, she's so good, I don't know if that was just an acting laugh, because that laugh was, like, genuine, yeah, because I would have laughed at that too, <laughs> and it's just, it's just, it's just the
0: chemistry, I mean, this is just the Bosco Yokus thing, uh, which is just so good, and it's just kind of, you just picture this happening between these two, and we get a lot in these episodes about, you know, uh, we touch on, like, Yokus is almost like motherly instincts with Bosco, <laughs> but it's just like, it's just so such a cute little scene. Just the way that she laughs, and just the look on Bosco's face, covered in flour.
1: It was a, They did that scene great. I love it because like the pause was like perfect. Like it happened. Pause. He turns. She looks at him, and laughs. I love. Yep. I love it. Yeah. I was looking forward to that scene.
0: So we kind of, from this yeah. point on, we sort of um, back to the firehouse as I mentioned. News footage, and uh, we get Jimmy asking Kim, does uh, you know he want? Does she want to go to Bruce Springsteen with him? And uh, you know that kind of sets up what we'll get with her and Bobby in this episode. And we also get set up at this point. Um, Carlos and Doc searching the back of the ambulance, they find a watch, which apparently is a Jago Reverso. Um, to which uh, Carlos knows enough about that he wants one. Can I just point out, that is an ugly watch. Who wants that watch? <laughs> that
1: is an ugly No, I was looking at it, and I was like, how? I was thinking, like, a Rolex, maybe? Yeah. But, <laughs> but it had... when I saw Carlos put it on, I was like, that is an ugly watch. I wouldn't even pay that kind of money for that. And what's but the point this of the
0: in... reverse bit? Like, what does that do? What does that achieve by you being able to flip that watch around?
1: Um, I... I have no idea. I just know like this was 1990s, so that watch might have been like <laughs> the it watch back in the 90s. Kind of like the old Mercedes were like the it, and like now they're like I see everyone like old BMWs, Mercedes nowadays. Yeah, from the 90s, that you know, and those were point. it cars. now. I'm, yeah, so I mean, I guess it was it. <laughs>
0: It's um yeah I mean with mean, that obviously becomes the the whole the the backline of this storyline with Doc and Carlos and we kind of mentioned like I think this episode really you you get to start to see the real Carlos um you know with this whole sort of storyline and that kind of is what we get this whole episode it's Doc and Bo- uh Doc and Carlos uh you know Doc going on this mission I guess to you know find this this owner of the watch and um, all that sort of stuff, which, you know, of course we'll touch on throughout this episode, but um, we, we then sort of get back to Bosco trying to get back to Sally by putting this car in the alley. And again, I love this scene. This is just, this is Bosco to a T, you know, he an hour. gets out of the car, an hour, though? an hour doing it. And then like the way he kind of just like um, the, the guy, Rick, how he's kind of like, you're blocking the alley. And, and he's literally just like, uh-huh, to Rick, goes up to Yokus. Yokus is like, oh, you're done now. And he's like, what? Oh, it's going to take him at least an hour to get rid of, get that out of the alley. Yokus is <laughs> just like, yeah, because it took you an hour to put it in there.
1: Exactly. <laughs> I'm, I'm just like, if this, okay, let's pause real quick. If this was real life, <laughs> yeah. come on now. Like, because my I watch this scene, I love it. But I was just thinking like, okay, I'll really, be realistic. And I was like, but if this is real life. You would get fired so fast for that because if they get a phone call, exactly. or like they get a call from the radio, they're screwed. If like shit goes down. <laughs> like if if you know, and like, like something
0: major happens. Like if this was on nine yeah. eleven or something like that. Oh, why are we missing a car? Oh, because we were just being an idiot and putting it in an alley. Like you're absolutely right. <laughs> I just
1: said, it took you an hour. I was like an hour. Like wow.
0: And how easy is it in New York City to steal a squad car? It happens twice in this episode, you know? I, know. I know technically one of them, it's they're stolen by cops. But, like, I mean, is this just an everyday thing? I mean, I guess you kind of do pay attention to a lot of these scenes when they pull up to a job and they just get out of their cars and, like, leave, you know, the doors unlocked and stuff. But, like, it's kind of, it's it's funny sometimes watching these scenes and just be like, oh, yeah, cool, a cop car just got stolen. That's just, you know, hashtag Monday in New York. <laughs>
1: I do love this character, Rick, though. Oh, Rick he, is
0: awesome. Yeah.
1: I, I think this was awesome with him and Bosco. That was definitely an awesome character uh, development or friend, whatever. Not a friendship, but, yeah, it was definitely interesting, you know. But it was just funny, like, because this is one of the moments we talk about, like, how nowadays you would not, this scene would not have happened. Yeah. Let's just say that. Like, what Bosco says to oh, him. Oh, definitely. About definitely. him. And this-, this scene would not have and this yeah. kind
0: of goes back to, I think, what we were saying earlier on in the episodes is that, you know, like, Bosco's kind of early on is he's almost like the character that you're meant to dislike. Because, I mean, he's a bigot. He's a homophobe. Like, he's he's just, I get, and then that's his character. He's kind of the bigoted New York City cop. And, like, exactly, you're right. Like, this scene where it's kind of like, you know, what's he always hanging around for? You know, he's like a retard. And the way um Yokus is like, he is retarded. And then he's like, oh, what does he want me to do, hold his drool cup? Like, I mean, it's kind of, look, it's, I'm gonna admit, like, I'm sure we all gotta chuckle, it's funny to see, but it's like, again, as you said, it's like, that, you wouldn't get away with that now, in 2017. Um, but I mean, but in a way though, it's like, it's, it's well done as weirdly as that sounds, because sadly there are people like Bosco, there are people like that. And I guess that's exactly what his character is meant to be. He's meant to be that type of cop who is really bigoted and prejudiced in his beliefs. But then as we ultimately see in this episode, when push comes to shove, I mean, this is what the beauty of Bosco is when push comes to shove, you know, he's as caring as caring can be. So... Well,
1: we've seen that uh the second episode when he uh was talking about the mental illness people you know the guy with the mental illness and he was like i'm gonna sh- we should all shoot him but then he didn't shoot him
0: yeah
1: and so every time he says something like this we always see like he's he's more talk than anything you know yeah. and so that's what i like about bosco but it's so like you said he's very raw like it's just very gritty from the beginning he's bosco and I think that's why we love this show. Like I said, we love this show so much because it's different than any other cop show in terms of like how this plays out and like some of the stuff they say. Like the dialogue is excellent. You know, they're not they were they're not scared to push the boundaries on this show. They were not scared at all.
0: Yeah, completely agree. And. And, again, something that maybe it doesn't getting, uh, you know, credit for and everything like that. And, um, you know, we're going to discover that as we go along with this. But, I mean, it's a great scene. And just Jason Wiles as an actor just just play, he just does it naturally. You know, it's just there's no effort there with it. And, again, something that we need to point out a lot with these characters and actors is that just the way I think what works so well in such a character-driven show is that it's so natural to these people and, and it's the chemistry and all that sort of stuff, you know. So, um yeah, it's it's so so well done, um, but so this is and we kind of you know get the crosses here, uh, Dave uh, Boss. Uh, I'm getting all the characters in my head now. Um, Carlos and Doc back at the hospital. It's not the husband's watch. I think I think really what we can probably do with a lot of these is kind of group these scenes in together, not necessarily I guess going through them in order because I mean you know obviously they've all got their separate storylines. But I mean just touching on the Doc Carlos sort of the watch. Um the storyline that we get, you know, obviously they ultimately go to this this woman, we get the uh the, the woman and the kids they're underneath obviously, you know, and this woman's just complaining about the fact that her husband's dead, you know, you know how much it costs to bury someone? Um, like that thing cost money. The only thing he spent money on was a six pack. Uh, and then just like Doc where is like, "I'm sorry to disturb you in your time of bereavement." Um, but then obviously, like we get then the scene when they go to the the obviously the sketchy house where the guys coming out with a baseball bat. Oh my and, goodness! You know, just sort of the scene, the dangers of their job, and then um, you know,
1: so I, I was kind of irritated because Carlos, you would think Carlos would be the one to stand up and be, and not go. Instead, Carlos was pulling Doc away from the guy with the baseball bat. Mm-hmm. And I was, like, kind of surprised to see that. And I was just like, you would think it would be Carlos. Like, what was your opinion on that? Because I was surprised, a little bit surprised. Well, it's, it's... But then Doc was... At the same time, Doc is strong, though. He is that strong-willed kind of guy. It's, look, it's kind of hard to tell
0: because I think this is really our first episode where we kind of get the dynamics between the two. And, like, Carlos kind of to this point has just been the young, naive rookie who, you know, we're kind of seeing that thing from his eyes. This is his real first episode where it's like, I think, is this the first episode we hear him mention that he wants to go to med school? And it's mm-hmm. kind of, you know, he's he's really standing up and basically being like, this isn't procedure. And, you know, basically just being all like, you know, this is... Um this is ridiculous. We're wasting our time. Like, you know, so what we can make all these people cry and everything along those lines. And we get this really in the next episode too. Like, it's kind of Carlos v. Doc. And we know what this is ultimately building up to, which we won't, um, necessarily spoil for, for people. But, um, it's, I mean, it's, it's so, like, it's, it's that first time that we get to see it and, like, Obviously Doc's so caring and, you know, Doc is the paramedic who, you know, I mean he's called Doc. People can almost he's a doctor. He's referred to here you know, in the next episode as the best paramedic in the city, which is a title that will stay with him for a long time. But I think it's it's kind of it's it's really it's well set up and it's it's kind of you know, like, we we talk so much about the dynamics of these characters, and I would say to anybody watching Third Watch for the very first time, perhaps along with us here, is is make the most of these great connections between the partners. Because, you know, you've got a real setup, don't you, between who the partners are. It, it's Bosco and Yoko's, it's Davis and Sully, it's Kim and Bobby, and it's, uh, it's Doc and Carlos. You know, they're your four main partnerships, and obviously Jimmy's kind of there just as the firefighter. These these partnerships alternate over the seasons as they would do in real life, but I mean these are the core four partnerships and relationships that you have in Third Watch. You know these these four partnerships each have their own uniqueness about it, and the Carlos Doc one is definitely you know it's it's the most it's the most rival esque of all of them. You know they clash the most. You know I mean similar to Davis and Sully that they both new partnerships. The difference is with Davis and Sully. By this episode, we're already seeing they've got a real bond with each other and they've got a real connection and they're only three episodes in. Whereas with, with Carlos and Doc, you know, as we kind of... We hear, I think it might be in the next episode, where, you know, Carlos obviously is like, look, we've got we've got different styles, we need to work with each other. And Doc's basically like, well, no, you're just keeping the seat warm till Jerry gets back. Like, Doc is not treating this guy seriously because he's expecting Jerry to return. And we get that at the end of this episode when we get that scene of of Doc talking to Jerry... About the fact that, you know, this is what he would want somebody to have done to him uh, when his wife died. You know, the first time we get that mention about, you know, he obviously had a wife. So I think this is a very important episode in their relationship and really setting that up. And I mean, this is kind of, I guess, why we can kind of loosely talk about that now because, I mean, really outside of this little, you know, storyline of them taking the watch back, there's nothing really much of Carlos and Doc, but it's an important storyline.
1: It is. This is the setup episode. I agree. I mean, it does set up a lot of things for the next couple of episodes and, uh, But Doc, I think this is the first time his wife is actually mentioned. I'm not sure. Was he? No, I'm pretty sure it's the first
0: time, yeah. And we don't hear a name until the next episode, which, again, it changes. But, yeah, it's the first time we've learned that Doc was married. So, yeah.
1: Okay. Because I know – because that's when Carlos was like, you're not doing this for the people. You're doing it for you. Yeah. And it was cool to see Carlos stand up to them because Doc has been strong-willed this whole episode. And we kind of see Carlos getting that defiance in him a little bit as like, okay – I'm having it enough, and then, like, you see that in the next episode, like, when it kind of, like, builds up even more. Yeah. You know, but we do see it in the, the episode, Jerry, and that, epi- that that scene is touching as well, which we'll get to. Well, we do, yeah, and it's, Oh,
0: oh wants- look, we, may, yeah. we can talk about it now. I mean, the thing I think we find with a lot of these earlier episodes is obviously, you know, I think we're all assuming that Jerry's a major character, so, you know, he's, he's shot, so he's going to come back, which, look, spoiler alert, he doesn't. <laughs> you know, he's kind of... He's... <laughs> Uh, yeah, but I mean, we still get these sort of like touching scenes sort of, you know, closes out with uh, Doc in the hospital with Jerry and kind of, yeah, I mean, it's kind of just that voice at the end of explaining why Doc was doing it. And we kind of always, we always get kind of that inner voice of Doc at the end who, I think he, he's he got this sort of hidden respect for Carlos, which again, is never, I don't think this, the respect between the two is ever shown until the final episode. Um, which is sweet because it's done in a way that works. Um, and, I mean, they have a very tumultuous relationship, Doc and Carlos. You know, they're not the type of people that you ever picture hanging out on the weekend, you know, grabbing a beer. Although, but the final scene we get of those two, it's kind of like it's been there all along and, you know, it's it's out of all those core four that I've mentioned, uh, they definitely... They have the most uh, interesting and unique relationship out of it that, again, necessarily doesn't always come down to these two are besties outside of work, if you know what I
1: mean. No, I absolutely agree. Mm. I agree. And besides that, I think that's like the only storyline for Doc and Crow's whole episode. Oh, I mean, is. besides some of, the, some of the characters, I mean, that one lady, though, when they took the watch to that lady <laughs> who had the kids, and she's like, Can I keep it? <laughs> it's like so. I was just like, You know. You know that happens in real life.
0: (laughs) But one thing, one thing too that we haven't really mentioned is that a lot of these sort of like just random sort of characters that are meant to be just, you know, these people they come across in real life, they're just done so well. Like, I mean, that woman, like, and the way that's acted, like, you, like, you don't even at any point do you ever think to yourself, that is an actor with, you know, actor kids in the background. Uh, you know Acting a scene That is to me Just so genuinely And so done And just the way She's just going on About the fact It's like You know Oh you know he just going on about, And her husband died In the last week And she's just Complaining about him And like What she says To one of the kids Like don't make me
1: Come over there It's kind of like And then like The only thing She would have spent A dollar on Is a six pack yeah, And yeah. then She's like That's not that's, that co- that's worth money That thing worth money But then money. at the end She's like Oh <laughs> can I keep it Like if someone Doesn't want
0: it Or something I was like Wait what I love Carlos's reaction and he just kind of turns and just like puts his hand up like oh god like no way <laughs> uh, it's just it's just so say, well done
1: yeah I will say my favorite interaction was with the the baseball bat dude because oh, that was intense it was, it was cool to see like Carlos was like let's go give him his damn watch I'm out of give him he didn't want to give me my damn watch. I love the people like, where it's
0: like, <laughs> the guy's just like, yeah, that's mine. And it's like, oh, what does the inscription say on the back? It says, none of your damn business. It's private. Now give me my damn
1: watch. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Yeah. So, I mean, that's pretty much the Doc and Carlos relationship throughout the this episode for at least. You yeah. know, it's just them going to random people. You know, Doc is trying to get this watch back because at the end, his wife had Like, like he said, his wife had passed away and that's what he wanted somebody to do for him, you know? So it's just, it's just funny. It adds something, you know, but. But then, I don't
0: think there's much to the make the storyline. no I mean the only thing the only other thing that I would say yeah like as you said like he mentions his wife and we also obviously get this um Carlos mentioning about medical school and we and it's kind of another subtle little thing there that they mention about you know obviously they're not getting paid a whole lot of money because you know obviously they say about the city pay you can't afford a watch on this salary um, and then they also talk about um uh, the fact that he was in the Marines which is a very weird like that's a forgotten storyline that never gets touched on I have forgot I
1: really have yeah I' I was, about to say, I was actually gonna like hit you up on Facebook and be like, "Did you know Coach was a marine?" The thing, the thing that I, <laughs> I
0: really—it's—it's it's kind of one of these storylines. I know we've touched on a little bit, like sort of the the bad plot holes that they continue with with Third Watch, and one of these little subtle things that I think they loosely do is like we mentioned. Obviously, they forget uh, the name of Doc's wife. But they also Carlos's background is one that I feel changes a little bit. But I also would argue that you can kind of get away with Carlos's background changing because in one of these episodes, they kind of I think they mentioned that his um, Doc calls him a Mexican, but then he says he's Filipino, and then ultimately turns out he's Hawaiian. But given that you know, spoiler alert, you know Carlos has been passed around the, the foster system a lot. I guess you know that's easily explained because I mean I'm sure he could be told easily that oh you've got Filipino heritage, but then ultimately. It, you found out you're from you know Hawaii i mean it's kind of it's one of these it's almost a plot hole but i it's i think it's explainable more so than say Sully's Sully and Davis's dad storyline or yeah the the whole <laughs> doc's wife's name just changing randomly
1: and it, it is explained because like being a foster kid myself i can actually see that because like a lot of foster kids don't have much background and he could have went to the Marines after he he aged out of systems, and then you know bounced around or had like a nomadic life. Yeah. And so, in a way, it is explained. I can see it.
0: Yeah. And
1: now, if he wasn't a foster kid, I don't think it would be explained as much because in his background, it had been more solid. Yeah, I agree.
0: Completely agree. And and like I mean, look, you know, that's something that I think that it used to annoy me, but it's kind of it's like, well, look, it shouldn't really annoy you because like as you said, it can easily sort of be explained. So. Um, again, as many things as we keep saying to people, keep an eye out for these things that change. You know, that's one that if you're watching this along with us from the beginning, you'll hear him mention certain things about his background that say come season four, season five, when there's a real sort of storyline about finding Carlos's family. Um you would be like, oh, that's you know, that's they've changed that, but yeah. Anyway, we'll, we'll get to that. Um, so, kind of, we've crossed Carlos and Davis, uh, Carlos and Doc off the list pretty pretty soon. But uh, sort of through throughout everything else that comes with there, we we get Davis trying to set up um, Sully a lot of the time. But uh, the, the sort of the real, actually, actually, really quickly, hang on. The one thing I wanted to quickly mention about Doc and Carlos that I've written here. Is when they're they're going they're initially organising. Oh, let's go through and find all the people that have you know might be their watch. And the line that Carlos says is like, "Oh, what we've probably had at least thirty dead in the last week." To which Doc kind of says, "Oh, 17. Now that's kind of sad in a way to think that in a week they've got to deal at least with seventeen dead people. Like, I mean, look, I'm from a small city in Australia. And I'm sure that, like, in that line of work, you're obviously dealing with death a lot. But to me, 17 in a week is quite a high number. (laughs) Like, that's... And then then come to America with guns. Yeah,
1: well... (laughs) And it's it's kind of small.
0: But, I mean, this (laughs) is the thing. But, like, look, I realise But, like, I realise that. Absolutely. I mean, this is, you know, the most popular city in America. There's, There's different things. But you think about that. This is one... This is one pair of paramedics who cover a certain area of a city for a certain amount of time per day. So, they've got 17 deaths in, you know, that amount of time. In, say, like, 40 hours. Let's just hypothetically say that. So, could you imagine the amount? Like, if that's an average man. The way... What's so done so well about that scene is it just... They're so... I don't say blasé about it, but I mean, obviously, that's just part of the job, isn't it? So they're just kind of like, oh yeah, seventeen in the last week. You know, that's nothing to it them. Is. But for an outsider like you and I, we're like, wow, they've got to deal with that. That's terrible, but that's just
1: part of the job. You get numb to it. You get. I think they get numb to it. I saw, they had to get numb. Oh no, you'd have to. Personal
0: experience. You'd have to. I mean, we 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 get. I think we get that a lot. In the next episode, we learn that with um Sally and Dave is kind of. You know, when we learn about sort of getting your emotions in the way, so uh, I just, I just, that was something that I definitely just wanted to to quickly mention. Um, so, meanwhile, uh, Bosco uh, and Yokus are driving around, and Yokus is all like, "Oh, so did you hear about the tape?" And we hear about the fact that uh, there's been a police officer who's been getting busy in a squad car <laughs> with somebody. Turns out, it's Bosco. Uh, <laughs> so. Uh, we'll get back to that. Um, meanwhile, we also, we get the Bobby Kim, uh, scenario, which comes down to the fact that, uh, Bobby's basically saying to Kim, well, if you go to this concert, you're going to sleep with him and you're basically going to complain about it to me all the next day. You know, it comes down to their sort of very close friendship and kind of, again, getting into that Kim character about, you know, obviously... You know, the whole Jimmy Kim thing is still going to be unresolved because, you know, yeah, she divorced him because he ultimately slept with a sister. But, I mean, just because something like that happens doesn't necessarily mean you just automatically fall out of love with the person. So, you know, it's oh, no. complicated. I think we might get the very first mention of the word jag off, which um, becomes a bit of a staple in Third Watch. Uh Jag off. Now, an interesting behind the scenes thing I learnt about this was, um, we've talked about the creators of the show, uh, you know, John Wells and, and, uh, Ed Bonero. And apparently, in one of the, the documentary things I've seen about Third Watch is that the term jag off is actually not used in New York. It's actually a Chicago word that is used more commonly there. And because, as I think I mentioned, Ed Bonero was a cop in Chicago. So he took, like, the terminology across to this show and also the terminology, like, as we said in the last episode, episode about the the third watch the shift between 330 and 11 thirty um, but I just I just found that interesting because I you know as an Australian we have insults but it's kind of not really focused around a certain city we just use it in the entire country I'd never kind of heard of the fact that Jagoff was like a, a Chicago insult and wasn't really used in New York <laughs>
1: I didn't know where it came from. I've heard it many times over the years. I just didn't know where it actually originated from. Mm-hmm. So that's good to know. You taught me something. There you go. <laughs>
0: For everybody listening, everybody in Chicago listeners out there, perhaps that's just, you know, I've been to Chicago once and I don't think I was called a jag off, but <laughs> it's, it's an interesting it's like word. In
1: Chicago, <laughs> please comment or let us know.
0: Exactly. I mean. uh, but we also, I, li- yeah. I like sort of in between them, we kind of, the you know, the Davis, Sully, there's not a whole lot going on here, but yeah. Um, I do like the fact when they're dealing with the, the woman who's had a purse snatched and they're sort of like, you know, and Sally says like, oh, is there anything of value or something like that? And she's like, oh, you know, there was this, that, oh, tickets to the Mets game. And he's like, oh, but is there anything of value? And he's like, are you serious? Do you know how hard it is to get Mets tickets? Oh, sorry. I'm a Yankees fan. <laughs> I just love the fact he's so oh, blah, about it. He skipped the part with the, what I found while well,
1: Sully was like, where's my car? <laughs> and it oh, came did, out,
0: didn't we? We did too. Yeah, yes,
1: we definitely got touch on that because oh. that is, hilarious. Yeah. I mean, just because <laughs> it's in the alleyway, and it's kind of like they've
0: just gone in there straight away. It's like Pasco, <laughs> okay. but my question with that, Mike, going back to when it was mentioned that it took an hour to do it, right? Okay, fair enough. Yeah. What the fuck are Sully and Dave is doing for an hour that they don't notice their squad car gone? Do they really get that amount of lunch break? Like, are they that, you know, are they allowed to have that amount of time for a meal break? I was thinking the
1: same thing, and I was like, wait, how did Faith let Bosco do that for an hour? Like, there's, some, there's certain things I'm just like, wait, Faith being Faith, how did that even... Go
0: down. Slow 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 crime day in New York that day. There wasn't much happening in New York City. I mean seventeen people are dying in a week, but clearly they've got cops being able to put cars in alleys for an hour pretty easily.
1: Hey. get radio radio call. Shots fired. Oh that person can wait. <laughs> Just kidding, kinda busy. <laughs> I got I got
0: something more
1: important right now. <laughs> I'm almost
0: I'm almost done. Oh. But yeah but I mean kind of touch on it with with Davis and stuff, I mean like yeah, we got the, the person and this kind of leads us back to uh, meeting our clown friend, which is funny, um, but I mean, it's kind of interesting. Like Davis kind of says, like, "Oh, maybe the person actually will use the tickets, and you know, who's going to?" Of course, dumb clown guy um, using the tickets. I don't know if you're, I don't know if you're a baseball fan at all, Brandy, but I mean, I just kind of like the subtle little um, rivalry there between the Yankees and Mets fans, where it's kind of like anything of value. I, I do
1: know I plan to move into New York in two years, and I'm getting into the Mets. I grew up on the uh, Mariners. Mariners. Mm-hmm from seattle yep. and a right to home right so i'm a little bit of baseball but i'm more of a football fan
0: okay so you're, but so I'm you're a seahawks, seahawks fan seahawks i'm guessing oh no oh no, oh, no. Oh. okay all right
1: <laughs> no. <laughs> no no i'm atlanta, atlanta falcons ah. I'm, I'm from i'm from here i'm born and raised in washington state but when i got into football somehow i just got to the falcons and the seahawks are okay but nah
0: wow so, so you're still reeling then from earlier this year uh sorry about that
1: I know I'm heartbroken. I was sad.
0: Well, but. I'm a am Buff- a Buffalo Bills fan, so at least your team can make the playoffs. I don't think we've made the playoffs since Shad. third watch aired, so um. I mean oh my goodness wow, yeah. I guess I'm
1: not that hard. I mean, that's I'm still heartbroken. I don't know. We
0: that's won't talk hard. about football, okay, we're not talking about football. We've mentioned yeah. baseball. No, no, no. Um <laughs> I mean I'm a White Sox fan <laughs> in the baseball, so we won a World Series in the last ten years, but uh well, twelve years now. But uh, anyway, we're talking about Third Watch and the baseball scene. I love it when they're at the stadium and then they get the clown guy and they arrest him and everybody cheers. I love that scene. That's
1: awesome. Well, he throws a popcorn up. Like, you're not going to catch catch me. (laughs) (laughs) And it's like. Are you serious? Like, how did he even like? I just—it's funny how he came back into play. Like, is this a, is this the last scene that he's in, or is he? No, he's come back we see
0: him in the episode when Bosco gets put on stick do, stick duty. When he's like, "Oh my God, it's Long Dong McDurk." Um, that's yes. I, that's the last. One. Okay, and yeah. I think I think it would have been fun if he had a kind of a, like. I like the fact they brought him back. As, like, a recurring, like, a real douche, sort of, like, it's great. And the guy who plays him, like, he's a great actor. He really sort of plays that character well. But I, I, yeah, I mean, it would have been funny if they had brought him back again, but I guess there's only so much you can do with him, I guess. You know, he was a douche in the episode when they, you know, waffled him, and now he's, you know, stealing old ladies' Uh, you know she wasn't that old just Stealing that
1: was a big that was a big like jump I was surprised to be honest because that was kind of like a big jump for me I was like wait so he he's a first uh, snatcher now too yeah. okay well, he's, just, he's obviously <laughs> one
0: of these idiots who just does petty little crime like he's yeah, just you know one of these scared. ones who does it but I mean one thing I'll say like we mentioned I think about Third Watch uh, kind of having New York as that real character and literally filming in new york city like the fact that they've filmed this in you know met stadium or whatever the stadium is called they're sorry new york's mets fans i, I don't actually know the name of your stadium I, I think i flew over it when i flew into new york the other month but i've never actually been there but um it's i like the fact that they've actually used
1: build. yeah Century um,
0: okay well there you go yeah, whatever. So, so you know you know yeah. what you're talking about but I, I yeah i like the fact that they've used this um you know clearly you can tell that was probably filmed on game day because there's legitimately a lot of people in that stadium and um you know it's a scene that obviously on screen time only took probably what three four minutes but you know in terms of filming it i can't imagine that exactly was you know the easiest scene to film so props to props to the producers and the makers of this show to kind of do that and it's something that you know sadly we don't see like why not do one at like you know madison square garden or something like that down the line but we never get to see that so from there we get uh where are we up to now um Bosco's back. Uh the center we we <laughs> Captain gets called in and <laughs> I love the fact that the is Bosco bit where they're talking and uh she's like, Oh, who's in the car? You don't wanna know. No, I wanna know. I, you know, I've got to drive around in this car, I'd like to know who's been shining the seats. <laughs> Which is funny. <laughs> and then I love the bit where they're just sitting outside his office and Bosco's just like I got problems. I got, I got problems. problems. He's like, I need therapy. No, I need to be shot. <laughs> and then and then the daughter the daughter like leaves and she's like, Oh hey Faith. Hello Maurice. And then we get another classic Yocus really from New York line. The captain's daughter? Like, sounds so New York at that point. Like, Molly Price. I don't actually know if Molly Price is legitimately. I don't need to look her up. Like, if she's a New York native, or she's just putting on the accent. Because we got that a few episodes, didn't we, about the, you know, look out for that dog. Now she's saying the captain's
1: daughter. <laughs> I love it. <laughs>
0: uh, she's ahead. from New Jersey. I've just looked her up quickly. She's she's a New Jersey native. So, you know, that's kind of the same area. <laughs>
1: it's the a, this- Yes,
0: very close, so there you go. Yeah. But, um, yeah, we get, obviously, you know, we learn that it's uh, Bosco's had sex with the captain's daughter who's just turned 19. Um, And then I do love the scene, like, when he goes in to talk to the captain and he's just basically like, oh, she's as gullible as she is loose. Again, something that you wouldn't probably get away with in 2017. And then, basically, uh, you know, he, he doesn't know who he slept with, you know, and he doesn't care. Um, so Bosco takes this as a a good thing. He gets, what, a a note in his jacket, basically. Um, so, you know, he kind of gets away with it. Um, and then we sort of get this scene afterwards of, um, of him sort of in the car, like, saying, like, oh, there's definitely some church in my future. And he crosses himself and looks up to the sky. It's kind of weird to think of Bosco (laughs) doing that, isn't it? It
1: is. I was, I was wondering, like, what if... Just for a moment he did give away that was his that was his daughter. I mean can you imagine the trouble?
0: Yeah, well, exactly. That's kind of what we get with it. The- yeah, but I mean, I think there's, again, it's all building up to obviously what we'll get obviously with Bosco when we mentioned he gets put on stick duty. But we'll, we'll get to that uh, sort of crossing here again. If people are listening, to this there's lots to go on with the watch episodes. There's stuff happening all over the place, but we're we're covering it. We sort of get in between here to uh, Davis and Sully. They've they've seen the guy in a yellow jacket. Obviously, assuming oh you know this is um you know our perp from before. But uh, they've accidentally stopped a guy on the job chasing after another guy which is kind of a, just an interesting throwaway scene. Um, but we sort of... I think you were the one who kind of raised it in an episode or two ago about do we know that uh, Bobby's in love with Kim? I think we're starting to really get that vibe now because we get Dana talking to Kim, basically saying like, hey, you know, you know, is there something going on between you two? And Kim's kind of just laughs it off. Um, and then, you know, Dana basically saying like, well, you know, it's kind of when he's with me, it's not like he's actually with me. Um, now, this leads into we've already covered i think sort of everything that happens in between there we mentioned the the bosco church bit and uh oh no actually before we get to kim and bobby i should mention you going off me before about not mentioning the squad stolen uh this is kind of when bosco and yoke come out and you know he's like oh there's definitely some church in my future and then their squad is stolen and then we get bosco <laughs> Sullivan like angrily and then it's like well how are we going to go after them cut to bosco in a bus
1: <laughs> Oh, that is my favorite. Cause oh, it's so I good. Faith, my favorite part about that is when the okay, so they take over the bus, right? Yep. And the bus driver was like, "Can you legally do this?" And Faith was like, "Probably not." And Bosco just gives her gives her, gives her look like you just you just snitched on your part. The best line, the best line,
0: I think, is like, "My name's on my shirt. Your name's on a little tag. Who do you think's on control?" <laughs> Angry Bosco is the best Bosco, and like, kind of going back to what you say, like. He gets in these moods, he gets in these zones when he just he's just so inappropriate, he gets so angry. He's just he's just that guy who has the shortest fuse and he's just so willing to go off at anyone at any point. But again, like as you said, it's like he he doesn't necessarily act on these things when he's that angry. Um but it's just it's just so funny the fact that you know He's basically stolen a bus and the guy's like this isn't exactly on my route he's like just drive and Jokis, Yocus is, Yoke is so good like can we just not mention how good she is she's just so calm she's just like oh here we go here goes Bosco go again <laughs> I love it because I just love it because I just
1: I just love that scene. because can you guys look do this? Probably not. <laughs>
0: she doesn't even care. Like, she cares. Much. It goes back to the opening scene, doesn't it? It goes back to the very first scene in the very first episode when Sally says to her, how do you do it every day? I just think of him as one of my kids that makes it go by so much quicker. You know, it's just... it's. it's- She's just so calm. She is, she is. But then we get to
1: see another side of her too. So I'm excited. Oh yeah. Later on.
0: She's a badass. Later on. She's a yeah. badass. Just like Sully, yeah. they're just nice. They're humble, but you know when their buttons are pushed, they really go for it. But uh, we kind of we'll get back to that bit in a minute. But we we get this scene. We get Bobby versus Kim. Now this is an interesting scene. Because Kim basically just all of a sudden starts telling Bobby off about Dana, you know, basically saying about, you know, you have a problem with women and all this sort of stuff. And then it kind of comes down to the fact that she says, you want to know why you have fa- your failure with women? You have a mother complex uh, to basically go on with all like, you know, what were you doing this weekend? What were you doing that weekend? What were you doing? Oh, I was helping my move furniture. Oh, you know, shut up. And then basically, uh, we get to the point where she turns around and says, um, You know, oh, a lot of men have a mother complex, Norman Bates. <laughs> oh, <laughs> to which uh-uh. Bobby pulls over and basically screams and says, Get out. And what does she say? Like, Oh, what are you going to do? Walk? Oh, you no, know, get out. <laughs> like, she gets out. Um this I mean this is you I think this is kind of interesting. Obviously, you know, the whole Bobby kid thing and, you know, hits a raw nerve there with poor old Bobby, but um it's it's kind of it's an interesting scene I feel because ultimately it leads to this conversation between bobby and kim about you know bobby sort of explaining a bit of um you know his background obviously his dad left them and you know he basically had to help his mum raise so you know bobby's got this obviously touching story about kind of how he's always got to be there for his mum and his sisters and then obviously it leads to you know kim also saying like you know i've got problems too you know i've got a i've got a guy who basically doesn't ever pay child support and um you know i've got a mother who does this and a sister who does that um, and you know, we kind of get this touching scene between these two friends basically, don't we? So, um, it's, it's an interesting storyline between these two in this episode, but again, it really kind of, I think opens up their, uh, their friendship slash relationship, whatever I guess you want to call it.
1: I, oh goodness. <laughs> okay. I'll, I'll speak on this for sure. Um, Kim, I don't like her in this episode.
0: <laughs> okay. This,
1: this is like, you know how you were talking about quench moments? Yeah. Kim when Bobby explained his problems Kim went right back to herself herself again well I have problems too well we all know that Kim but Bobby has problems like it's always about Kim and Jimmy and so like I was so pissed when I seen that and I was like no every time I see that scene I just don't like it like we're in like the uh the street and Bobby's about to take off in his car and he's like you know when my dad left I had to stand up and take care of my mother. Even just because she has a man now does not mean I stopped doing my job as her son. You know, I and mean? Kim's like, Well, I have, you don't think I have no responsibility, this and that. But I don't know, I just didn't like that scene. Because I'm like, Kim, you're so selfish. Nobody cares about your problems right now. It's about Bobby. Yeah, I, to, <laughs> I kind
0: of have to agree. And it's kind of, I mean, Kim, I guess, she can be quite selfish sometimes. And I mean, she I think that's. Selfish. Well, she grows. Yeah. Oh, she, she does. I mean, she. I think she's 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 definitely someone that grows. But it's kind of like, you know, she she has a very interesting storyline over things as well. And I mean, she. she she uh, Look, you, you do feel for Kim. I mean, there's, there's a particular string of episodes that come in Season 1 where you do really feel sorry for Kim. But, I mean, early on, you know, yeah, like, I mean, we I mean, we kind of get a vibe of that at the end, don't we? Like, we sort of get this, um, you know, Bobby's going to see Dana. You know, obviously, it's kind of like, you know, oh, do you want to get a drink? Do you want to just talk? Do you just want to do anything, you know? Because, obviously... You know, he's feeling for it, so he wants to see Dana. And then we get Kim on the flip side of things, who just knocks on Jimmy's door at whatever time that is in the morning. And Jimmy's kind of trying to be all like, oh, do you want to, like, get a coffee and talk or something? And then Kim just like, I just want to go to bed.
1: Like, to go to bed. <laughs> and that's why I'm like, Kim, you know, like, I'm sure I like her character. This episode, I do not like her. Just because, like, we always hear about her problems in every episode. But then when Bobby has problems, she brings back, it's back to Jimmy and her son and everything else. And not to mention like how Bobby will go bet- to back for her to- in the next episode you know yeah and so I'll It's
0: self-destruct. And look, look, this is, I guess, Kim's character. She's a bit selfish. She's a bit self-destructive. I mean, you know, a lot of her problems, I guess, are created by herself. But, I mean, look, we've all been in situations like that. We know people like that. You know, there are just... It happens. And I guess if you've ever been involved in a relationship like she has, you know, it, it ends on a on a note that isn't necessarily... Obviously, I mean, it's not positive. I mean, in no way is your sister sleeping with your husband ever positive. But it's kind of... It's... You know, she's dealing with it and, yeah, it's it's ultimately, you know, this is a big storyline, obviously, with Kim. But I just think, from the grand scheme of things, again, I mean, this kind of seems to be one of those episodes where we're getting a lot of character building between you know setting up these storylines and just the whole bobby kim scenario and like that line's sweet like you know yeah kim's obviously saying she's got problems but when you know she's like you're my best friend the only person i can talk to when i feel like going under and she's like friends and then bobby's just kind of like sure and you know it's just i mean i think that's like a little sweet touching moment there when she's like basically saying like look you're my best friend
1: i'm still gonna be a grinch and say i don't
0: <laughs> i don't find <laughs> wow kim's not I'm getting just, the lot like, i'm a
1: great i don't like kim in this episode i no, i'm for bobby in this episode i mean
0: hashtag team bobby I will say this. it was
1: a it was cool to see bobby get mad at her because they make you know i feel like with bobby's character it was so much about kim yeah that it was kind of cool to see him like also be able to like stand up for himself with her as well like no get out don't talk about my mom that's where i draw the draw you good know good call good
0: and, call. Kim, Kim Raver's definitely not going to be uh, replying to any tweets in this episode. Uh. <laughs> no, no,
1: no. no. <laughs> I love you, Kim. Me, I no. didn't say anything bad. <laughs> it's just me. This, this my Brandy. I love you.
0: <laughs> She's a new one just to this, this podcast. <laughs> oh.
1: Don't um. track my IP address. I'm kidding.
0: <laughs> now, we kind of, <laughs> we kind of obviously... Uh, the whole Davis-Sully thing really doesn't really... There's not a whole lot to them. I mean, they I, I, even sort of between them, Carlos and Docker, I always argue that Davis and Sully kind of have the most, you know, obsolete storyline of this entire episode. They ultimately just end up catching the the carjacker from earlier. Um, I mean, my only my only thing I comment on that really is how the hell did Sully get to the right point at the right time? Like, when Davis gets him up against the, the gate... You know, obviously pulls the gun on him. How the fuck did Sully get to that point? Like, how did he know? Like, that is a very convenient place for for Sully to be.
1: That was super, super close. Because I always think the same thing. And I was like, real life, does that actually happen?
0: Mm.
1: I mean, I really want to know. Like, because I know there's like those things that, like, in life, that you can't explain those moments where you just can't explain. Mm. You know, it's either God or something that like whatever you believe in. But, yeah. That was like right there. As soon as Davis has pulled gun out and the carjacker's about to reach for his, Sully's like right there, like "Don't you dare!"
0: So, I mean, look, that's just one bit, but I mean, again, there's really not unless you've got anything to add on Sully and Davis this episode. I mean, there's really nothing with them this this whole episode, uh, and it's weird because it starts off with Sully. You know, old women make me wet, but I guess I guess what we can say with them, like obviously, we're going back to Bosco and the bus chase. You know, Bosco chases down um sully and davis's car and sort of gets out of it and you know we we do have this great bosco uh sully moment again another one of these rivalries which is awesome i love bosco and sully um you know they're just a complete opposite of each other but they're just so good when they have arguments and um i I like it when you know sully's like you started this older women make me wet and then bosco's like they do (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> just like that, reactors when they realise it's Jimmy. But then I do love it when they're they're in the car and then Davis and Yokus are in the back and poor Davis because he's you know he's a big man Davis and he's like hey I usually ride up front. And he's just like shut up and then just like Jokus is what does he say about like you know oh um, I don't want them over the the airways knowing that they st- stole my car or something like that. and Jokus is like well technically he's already stolen it now we're in a pu- now we're in a pursuit <laughs> like. She's loving it. Yokos is just calm. She is the epitome of calm she this episode.
1: So <laughs> I will just say like the only thing I really got from that scene too was like Davis. Like, he was so crouched back there. And then like we found out in the next episode he has size seventeen feet. So can you imagine how Davis had to fit if he is really this tall in real life. I don't know if Kobe Bell is how tall well, he
0: I is. I think he I think he, I think he is. I think I remember seeing some weird I think it might be in the third watch the documentary on the DVD, but they do mention about Kobe Bell's size and the whole size 17 feet thing. That's actually true. That was legitimately Kobe Bell's size, and I think they wrote that into it. So, You know what they say about men with big feet, Brandy? <laughs> they wear big know, shoes, size 17, apparently.
1: I, I, no comment. <laughs>
0: But, I mean, the thing that I find, like, uh, I do like the line, too, was it when um when goes, like, oh, I don't want any attention made to this. And is it Sully who says, like, we're chasing a squad at 12 miles an hour. All we need now is a white Bronco and Johnny Cochran. <laughs> and
1: Davis and Faith both laugh. Yeah. I love that part, too. Like, so both back there just snickering because, yeah. like... I think everyone loves like Mustafa Bosco because like when he get when he gets mad he gets mad. Oh yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> you can't help but to, you kind of can't help but to trigger him sometimes. I think
0: we see a lot more of that next episode too with him versus Jimmy. But like it's it's yeah like Bosco as I said he's got a real short fuse and he he's not a guy who takes jokes. Like he can't take a joke so he gets very angry very quickly. And again we all know a person like that. We all know a person who even like you just deliberately kind of like take the piss out of them because you know they're going to react in a way that makes the whole scenario funny and it's nothing against that person it's not that they dislike bosco he's just so easy to rile up about these things so well
1: that's true you know we do all know that kind of people that person you know but however it's worse to have a person that can joke but then you can't joke back with them so very true
0: we we, i mean this whole scene this whole scene kind of it's it's this all ultimately ends up with a sweet Bosco scene. I love the fact we've got the two random cops who are like, is that 55 David? That's 55 Charlie. And they call it in. And then, you know, before long, the the captain's watching it. And he's like, what precinct is that? Ours. Bosco. Um, And then, obviously, they all pull over. It's Rick who's stolen the car. And, you know, we get this sweet little scene. You know, Bosco gets out of the car. You know, put your weapons down. Lower your weapons. And then, you know, we kind of get this real little sweet scene between the two of them when he's, you know you know, trying to, trying to turn the squad over, you know, come on, let's go back, get some donuts, that's what, you know, us cops do, it's really sweet, this is just, this is just Bosco, like, he's, shoots at the mouth, he's a real little, you know, he can be a real little twat sometimes, but when push comes to shove, he's, he's, you know, as caring as everybody else.
1: But, it, but it was just like, I don't know, like, when Bosco, everyone else is, a, everyone else is a sweetheart in this show, for the most part, but Bosco, when he, when he does something like that, I get so teary-eyed, because he was like, put the weapons down, like, his whole, the whole emotional was was in that scene and I loved it like I just there's not much I can say about it it's just it's just sweet yeah and we and we
0: get that next episode so like Jason Wiles just does it so well and like he just he just acts it so well and you know again he's a guy who he's spent a lot of this episode ripping shit in he really doesn't like this guy this brick but you know obviously a situation like this, When he's stolen a cop car and he's got basically half the precinct holding guns on him, you know, I mean, clearly they're, you know. But it
1: was just like, he he called him a retro and he's like, that's not my friend. Yeah. When they're on the (laughs) speeds
0: with each other, pull over, pull over. Oh, he's too stupid to understand. Like, you know, I mean, clearly, (laughs) Bosco at this point, obviously, he's not wanting to get caught. I mean, clearly, it's ultimately down to the fact he's already in trouble with the captain. This ultimately leads him to him getting a week on desk duty, you know, uh, sorry, stick duty, and that's when we get the whole, you know, oh, it's Long Dong McDurk. And it's just.
1: It's just funny because like I love the part, and I'm. This is the last thing I'm gonna say about this is like with Faith, when she's just like make like oh it's just Bosco's friend. Like she's having so much fun. With him. <laughs> she's so calm. Yeah. But she's just having so much fun, like teasing them. Like oh, it's just Bosco's friend. That's not my friend. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> and then, yeah.
0: We're pretty much. I mean, we've pretty much covered everything. We kind of jumped around a little bit, but there we go. That's uh, episode. That's episode three, Patterns. Now, I guess this is a point now, Brandy, where we basically say, would we rent it, buy it, or bin it? What are we going to do with this episode?
1: I would rent it.
0: Rent it? Yeah, I'm with you. I'm going to yes, rent it too. Rent I mean, it. look, I'll to jump in on you there quickly. I'm sure you can give your reasons. Apologies. I may as well. I'm, I've just started talking. But, um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's a good episode. It's, again, nothing to take away from this episode. I just, I mean, it's, it's fun in aspects, but I guess kind of outside of you know, Bobby and Kim and Doc and Carlos, kind of their sort of character development, it's, it's kind of, it's a, it's a bit forgettable in the aspect that it doesn't really, you know, the, the grand scheme of season one, this doesn't add to a whole lot of the storylines except for building a bit of Bobby and Kim and building a bit of Carlos and and, um, and Doc. And it's kind of like, yeah, you get a bit of fun here and there and it's great, but it's, it's just kind of one of those ones where, you know, you're like, okay, it's a good episode. I would not bin it, but I, you know, I wouldn't buy it either.
1: Yeah, I rent it. You basically said everything I thought, you know. I mean,
0: there you go. We great yeah. minds think alike, isn't that what they say?
1: <laughs>
0: exactly, I agree. All righty. Well, that's uh, that's episode three done, Patton. So we'll be back next for episode four, uh, entitled Hell is What You Make of It, and uh, you know. Bit of fun in our next episode. We get uh, a little bit more conflict between Doc and Carlos. We get a bit of conflict between Sully and Davis. Uh, We get Bosco being a bit of a homophobe. And uh, the best bit of the entire episode, though, has to be Doherty versus Bosco. We get this great little rivalry really playing out. And I love the next episode. I I think it's a a fun episode just sort of with the whole Bosco-Jimmy thing which really makes it a good episode.
1: It does, you know. I, I'm ready for the next one. I will say this though: if you are watching this, and you're a part of the third Third Watch fan page, please let us know what you If you have any questions or anything you guys want us to like touch on that we haven't touched on yet,
0: you know. Completely agree. Absolutely.
1: I would love to make this, like, Yeah. I would love to make this kind of like a community kind of thing. Like it'd be fun. Throw are some questions or answer topics.
0: And we will, and we will continue to sort of bring those up and you know along the lines bringing sort of guests along the way and like you know we've sort of touched on we're, we're hoping to kind of bring in interviews with some of the casters if we go along and you know we'll do sort of episodes along the way i mean it's a, it's a long project i mean we've got over 130 of these to do uh but you know we're, we're in it for the long haul so yeah it's third watch fans group it's a great group there on facebook if, if you are a fan of this show um and want to join like-minded people uh definitely search third watch fans on facebook it's a, it's a great little community um and while you're there like us on facebook it's called the oz network you can find us on there. so subscribe. subscribe to us on itunes and stitcher you know the drill and obviously leave us feedback rate us if you can and uh we always appreciate everything along the way but we'll be back for episode four as i mentioned but uh in the meantime my name is ben and i too find that you're my best friend to the listeners that was a really lame closing i wasn't even prepared for that i'm just gonna leave right now my name is ben
1: (laughs) (laughs) and this is Brady and it's been great. Stay tuned and wait for the next one.
0: Thank you for listening to the Oz Network. Don't forget to subscribe to get new episodes delivered to your speakers every week. For more information, hit us up at the